What's up, everybody? Welcome to the anime podcast of some sort. I'm David. My co-host is Jack. What's up, Jackson? Hello, sure. Everything is up and in the air. It is a supernova of good stuff right now. I'm ready. Are you ready? I am too. Since this is, since I'm the one recording this, I I, I better be. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> let's just jump in. This is the anime podcast of some sort. APOS for short. We talk about anime, manga, video games, and all that other stuff. Jack and I occasionally have a friend on every now and then, but this time around, it's just going to be old school style. Jack and I as a duet. So it's raining. Yeah, so- I wouldn't invite anybody out in this weather. True. True. <laughs> it's still cold here too. So let's just jump in off the top. uh, I've said in recent months that I'm a big fan of a lot of the anime Netflix has been acquiring. I'm, I'm finding that Netflix in a lot of ways seems to be acquiring anime that goes towards a age demographic or, or a genre demographic that is more towards me than the crunchy rolls of the world and the Funimations of the world. And there is another ONA, as it's apparently being called now, original Netflix anime ONA, that caught my eye at the beginning of 2018 that I saw come out in the spring. And when I saw that it was by production IG and when I saw the preview for it, it was like, yep. That that that's gonna be a show that I'm gonna like when it comes out in March. And isn't it great, Jack, when you see something, you watch it, and then it absolutely meets your expectations and it is fantastic. It is more than a dream come true when that kind of thing happens. And I think we'll get into that later with some stuff I wanted to bring up. But I have looked at the show in question, David. Tell me a little bit about it, because I've only glanced at it so far. This show is called Be the Beginning. Uh, It is on Netflix uh, in its entirety, all 12 episodes of what is presumably its first season. No confirmation on if there's another one. And it revolves around a gentleman named Keith Kazuma Flick. He is a detective. Uh, thankfully, he's not a complete asshole jerk of a detective. He's a little quirky in some ways, but he's not a complete asshole, as they say, with a lot of shows. And he is working a part of a detective force for a uh, police force for the Republic of Cremona. It's a fictional country that they made up that looks to be kind of a futuristic kind of country. Uh, and... Also, my first comparison to this show would be Psychopaths. It's futuristic, it's very tech-friendly, and they're solving crimes, and they're, they're fighting the bad guys. But as we go along with the show, we find out that Keith has a connection to something a little bit more supernatural. So, it it turned out that I really enjoyed this show a lot. It was the first anime of 2018, Pop Team Epic notwithstanding, (laughs) that really caught my attention, that I really, really ended up liking, and it really made me happy that it existed. And I've been telling everyone that if you like Psychopaths, you should check out Be the Beginning, because it is similar to Psychopaths in a lot of ways, with a bit of a supernatural touch to it as well. And 
Keith Flick as a main character. He's likable to a degree, but his quirks don't totally turn you off. Uh, The supporting cast is great. Uh, There's one other character who is maybe a little bit of the stereotypical quirky anime girl, but not too much, not too much. Uh, but all of the characters are really fun and enjoyable. I watched the dub. The dub is really well done. I, I've heard good things about the the sub on the other side of things. Everything about the anime from start to finish was well produced, well composed. The ending theme was done by the lead singer from Man on a Mission, who is on a roll lately, and the legendary Marty Friedman, the former lead guitarist of thrash metal band Megadeth. Uh, who no way. Now lives in- yes, Marty Friedman, the Marty Friedman. Well, we'll get into people embracing Japanese culture in a bit, but uh, I, I did take a look at the opening for this. I should take a look at the ending for sure and just watch it because uh, I like detective shows a lot. In fact, one of my favorite spinoffs of a of an anime property is uh, Detective Naoto uh, from Persona 4. And you know what? It's time for an unpopular opinion. Time to put this shit to bed. Well, it's not unpopular. It's just controversial, which it really shouldn't be. But guys, Jack, it's, Naoto- a, Jack, it's, a, it's okay to admit that you're excited for Detective Pikachu, Jack. It's fine. I, I'm excited. I am excited. Well, I, I heard that people uh, on the staff of Professor Layton were going to hop onto that, too, for like, I'm excited for that. It's it's going to be delightful. But guys, guys, controversial opinion really shouldn't be controversial. No, no, a trans man. Like, stop. It's OK. Like, if it's not OK, it's then you're not OK. Anyway, I like detective stories. And I did hear from people that uh the protagonist is good and not necessarily the typical quirky detective fair, which is good because I think that may be a trope that's a little bit tiresome. Like, yeah, we get that, you know, House MD was popular. We all he's know really, that, really you know, smart, but of- he's but he's so super smart that he forgets how to interact with other humans. Keith Flick is not quite that bad. He he he's I'm a glad. little off. He's a little bit offbeat, but not completely. Like at the beginning of the show when he comes back to the police force, you'll notice that his hair is kind of floofy and he's been letting his beard grow out cuz he's been <laughs> off the grid for a little while. But when he goes back to the force and rejoins the force, he he gets his hair cut. He interacts with people. He he actually and he isn't like a total prick. So wait, it's... are you are you, are you telling me that that a detective who is the protagonist of an animated show, an anime show, is 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 taking care of themselves and carrying on intelligent and sociable conversation? They they can people. Is that what you're telling me? It's a brave new world, Jackson. It's a brave brave new anime world. This is unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to a refreshing protagonist like that because, guys, your house MDs, your, you know, whatever you like. I liked it best when it was Sir Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes. And I feel kind of bad that that was instated (laughs) to basically being the one detective. So let's, let's please branch out. Be the beginning. Sounds great. I love the look of it. You know, I did want to make a point. Uh, 
dubs dubs for the uh, the ONAs, I guess we're calling them. Uh, they're really good, and they don't tend to have the recycled voice talent of certain other anime uh, dubbing companies that are good, but you you hear you hear your Monica Rials and your uh, you know Chris your Jerry Jewels too many times. Too you, you many hear times. them one too many times, and you know it's 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 and a you go. Tiresome. You you go. I can't believe that uh, that the Death Scythe and Soul Eater is also uh, Tomoki Suo of Oron and Edward Elric. Can can we please, guys? Can we please? Like how how many voices can Chris Sabat do? That is both a compliment and an expression of frustration. Love you, Chris Sabat. You're but great. Seriously, talk talk to the folks at Funimation and give some folks it's, some it's, some it's time to time out. to op- open up the rotation. If you know what I mean, open up the rotation a little because, bit. because that was uh, that was something that I really liked about Kakegurui is that they had some people who were doing something fresh and interesting and good and not another ONA that I shakingly call an ONA because I don't know if you can consider it anime. Moving on, we're not going to talk about the uh, the Netflix no, show that must not be named. No, we're not. Everyone watched Be the Beginning. It's really good, and y'all know me. You you know it takes a lot for me to actually be positive about things. I have to evangelize the things that I actually do like, because the things that I do like are so few and far between, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. The stuff I like, we'll talk about that later. But Jack- The good news is, you're not going to have too much time to wait before netflix will announce if there's going to be another season or not because they're pretty good about that as opposed to a lot of other places yes david jack there was some news recently since uh, the last time we did a pause about the playstation 3 and your beloved playstation vita my baby sony has decided that the PS3 and PS Vita, uh, after March of 2019, will no longer be getting games in the PlayStation Plus lineup. This is one more shot against your PS Vita, Jack. And I just want to ask you, when you saw this, how, how did it make you feel? And, and how are you feeling about Sony and, and the Vita right now and going forward? Well, uh funny you should mention that when i just recently got the package from limited run games featuring maybe the sixth time i bought this game i'm not necessarily proud of that but i got my physical copy of skullgirls for the vita uh which is a bit of a graphical downgrade because of the vita's limit very slight very slight graphical limitations but it plays perfectly and i prefer this to having the digital uh 2400 megabyte uh file on what are really really expensive memory chips you know if i if i want to play something else i have have to delete it do you have a sony console uh i just have the vita which uh the the thing about about this article is david is that it doesn't say that there's no more vita games happening which is good because uh i am still seeing news from indie developers and such porting uh, games to their Vita or people still just making games for the Vita. But the issue with Sony is they are 
not dropping the price, the $15 per month price tag for their PlayStation Plus service and dropping two-thirds of the content. David, you have a PS4, correct? I do indeed. Do you have PlayStation Plus? I do, and yes, they did raise the price of the PlayStation Plus annually while mm. reducing the number of games people will be getting. Yes, indeed. Yes, mm-hmm. they did. I'm seeing uh, at the end of the article, it does mention, oh, yeah, we got a lot of really good PlayStation Plus games for this month. Eh. Eh. Can 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 we agree that raising a price when you're taking away more than half, 60% essentially of a service is not a good idea? David, we go we we bandy about on the show a lot about giving a good product and lauding the people who do that and kind of smacking the wrists of those who don't. So think this is a wrist smacking situation like bad sony bad sony i i believe that it needs to be the the penalty flag needs to be thrown on sony for this one i i absolutely agree especially given in the bottom part of this article you'll see that the playstation 4 has sold worldwide over nearly 74 million copies of the playstation 4 console that is a lot i was gonna Maybe one less because I was considering, and now I'm thinking no. Mostly because I have a PC, but that's kind of a moot point. Not sure. Not sure if I would consider any more strongly. In fact, I might even put off a little bit as to potentially getting a PS4. I can't say I would argue against it at this point. I I got the PS4 when it was the time to get the PS4, and I certainly don't regret it, but. This is a move across the board that a lot of PlayStation owners are not happy with and aren't really seeing the understanding or the justification because the first few years of the PlayStation 4 have done so exorbitantly well. This really seems like a very confusing stumble on Sony's mm. part, it really makes you wonder what is happening and what's going on. I- I'm really confused. If I do have to say something, it's that they they also just have really cumbersome uh, services. I did have a couple of months where I purchased a uh, PS Plus membership for, I think, a total of six months. So I did the three and then I did another three later on. And then it just wasn't uh, feasible. Uh, so what they offer are things such as you can store your games online so it doesn't take up space on your console. Uh, you can play online, multiplayer. There are various games, almost like a book club, that they will give you for free, which is what this main article was essentially about. You can get discounts on some games, some of which are just a few dollars, others of which almost entirely slash the price into just a matter of a few bucks, that kind of thing. But there's another service, David, which I really enjoyed, which I think it's not mentioned anywhere in this article. And I think if they wanted to up the price and take away thirds of the games that you get for free, which, by the way, PS3, yeah, we've we've seen that coming for a while. They're still a few 
devs who were doing PS3 releases. Arc System Works was a pretty, uh, was pretty stubborn uh, hat in that ring. And then, uh, you know what? I know. I know the Vita is, you know, it's always been doomed. I'm the Council of Twelve member. I'm one of the 12 people in the world who still owns a PS Vita. Like, I don't, I'm not shedding a tear. But what I am thinking is, David, you know the uh, the PlayStation Now service? Because I've used that one. Oh, quite a bit as well. yeah. I gave that a spin for a little while, too. I did it when it was free and not a whole other separate thing, Sony, that you wouldn't just, you know, I think it wouldn't really be all too much to ask to say, hey, maybe put PS Now in to the PS Plus membership. Just maybe. Yeah. You know, you still have to pay for the games, dude. You still got to rent the games. I just got to ask thinking? the question. I just got to ask the question. Where is Sony's money going? Where's the money going? Because the PlayStation 4 sold so well. It sold so well. Do Where I make a Kim the- Jong-il joke or do I keep it to myself? Oh, well, I said it, I guess. <laughs> I don't even... I'm. I'm not even sure how you'd put that together so just go ahead and do it oh uh, well you know uh the whole deal with uh how uh sony's uh video streaming which was available on their uh playstation products and consoles uh they featured the interview after uh it was taken out of uh out of theaters you know that 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 silly comedy oh the Rogan movie with franco oh the movie which yeah, resulted yeah, yeah, yeah. in being hacked everybody's accounts being oh. hacked and credit card information swiped and they had had to just jump ship and close the store and figure out their internet situation. Yeah. Like that's a joke, but also that happened, Sony. Yeah. This is just the Sony roast. Sony, we love you, but God, you know who loves you more? Not Kim Jong-un. This is probably all compounded on Kazuhirai's resignation. Mm. Uh, it just... What's you doing? What are you doing, Sony? What are you doing? That's what I'm asking. Like, what uh, happened? What happened? I don't know. What are you doing? Maybe, yeah, maybe the guys, next CEO... Maybe the next CEO will, will get it together. Hopefully. I did see, just in passing, I didn't click on it, but, you know, it does seem relevant now that uh, along my Twitter feed, I saw a headline, you know, reprimand me for being uh, the guy that I complained about, be like only reading the headline, but I'm a busy man, damn it. Uh, but it said something along the lines of why Microsoft is doing an infinitely better job than Sony right now. And I just got to say, you know what? I don't even know what Microsoft is doing right now, but I'm sure they are doing a much better job. <laughs> well, the key word being right now. Because mm-hmm. Microsoft isn't perfect either. Like y'all got everybody got problems. Th- there are problems with gaming services and consoles and that's Never really gonna go away, I don't think. But right no, now, no. Sony Sony has been falling on its face quite a few times lately, and whomever is in charge of, of Sony gaming entertainment and, and the Sony organization as a whole later this year when Kaz Harai steps down, they better have their business together. 
because now it's starting to sound like the Nintendo Switch is really gaining steam. Mm-hmm. So this isn't the article I was thinking of, but it looks like just in a matter of a couple of days, the game Fortnite, which I'm hearing some buzz about, uh, Sony purposefully blocked crossplay for what looks to be a multiplayer game. So it's probably kind of an Overwatch style thing, new phenomenon of that. Uh, there is no crossplay between PS4 and Xbox One players because of, of Sony refusing to allow that to happen. This has been so Sony from day one uh, with the the crossplay narrative that has been bubbling about in the last year or so, specifically with the fighting game world. Uh, mm-hmm. they've they've kind of been the the leaders in this movement uh, absolutely at, at, at every step it's been yes yeah, sony says no sony says no and on one hand you you can say yes if if everything is cross play why would people buy our consoles and play on our network and that would e- lead us to having even less money on one hand yes you could make that point in, in the case of sony saying no another point someone would make is that if everyone can play everyone that means everybody is going to buy hardware everybody is going to buy software if you open up your market to literally every single person that means there is a possibility of literally every single person buying your product so you can kind of see both sides of it but yeah that that is something that sony has come out with and saying on the topic of crossplay, yeah, nah, nah, we're not doing it. Nope. Yep. And you know, if there is one one hat I have in this ring, despite not owning either a PlayStation console or an Xbox console, it's this. Xbox got Cuphead. Yeah, they do. X- they Xbox certainly do. Cuphead. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. I mean, I have it on PC, but you know, you know. Mm-hmm. So Sony, we we agree. You're 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 spending too much time at home. You got to get your shit together. Get a job. You know, take a shower, clean yourself up. I, I think it would be more more better to say that that Sony needs to look at its checkbook. So Sony yeah. needs to look at the books. See what's Sony. going on. That what that's the real issue. Yeah. That. Sony needs to look at the books because something ain't right. Because they're so the PS4, the the uh, for the most part, unless there was a slim PS4, I'm not sure if that is something that carried over from the PS3 slim PS3 kind of deal. But uh, there's the Xbox One S, I think. So you know, people are upgrading the hardware too elsewhere, and uh, and there is the PS4 Pro. There's the PS4 Pro. Okay. So they are they are doing things because I'm thinking if the money goes somewhere, sh- should probably go to maybe making a better console. Even though you know you're also going to lose the fact that oh I don't know you're still making PS4 games, but and eh, we'll we'll see what happens. You know I don't tend to get too much into the console wars, but I like to you know make inflammatory jokes about Xbox got Cuphead and you know we'll j- just give. Give a good product. Jack? Give a good product. X4 got Cuphead, but Sony got Arxis. They did. Well, no, we're going to have cross-tag battle for literally every platform. So, you know. 
you, you know, we're getting stuff and, you know, the Arxis has been doing a really good job of making some really, really excellent ports. I don't know if I ever followed up on uh, my complaints of central fiction, but I did end up getting it to a uh, runnable state on the Steam port. Uh, thanks to a fan-made patch, unfortunately, but, you know, that that just comes down to other situations. Like I do not have also the best hardware. It just kind of does the job because it is specifically for gaming, but you know, also English dub when, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) Cross tag battles coming everywhere. And that's what matters because you give your product to literally anyone who could potentially buy it. You're doing good. You, you selling good. It's like Parappa the Rapper. You're rapping you selling good. And right now, I don't know what Sony's going to do, but I expect a lot of canceled memberships. And, and even if you don't, David, I'm not going to judge you because, you know, there there's still some things that are... I, I remember the service being very convenient when I was using it, and I was just using a measly little Vita, so I'm sure, or a PS4, still probably doing some good for you, but, you know... I can say to a degree that it is. So we'll see. No, let's move. No skin off my ass either way. No, let's move on. Let's uh, let's talk about something that I think is more along your lines. Since you you mentioned Revolutionary Girl Utena, Jack. Uh, you oh, said yeah. you like Utena. I eh, didn't hate Utena. I don't hate it. And uh, so and we talked Yuri- about it. and We said good things. And we're both kind of eh on Yuri on Ice. I, I, again, put that in the category of I didn't hate it. I think you're a little bit closer to uh, something that could resemble that. I'm a little more polarized on both ends of this is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but we, we, we said bad things about Yuri on Ice and we said good things about Utena when we spoke about both of those things. So that's my reason for saying that. And uh, David, the thing about Utena is it is a different kind of magical girl show. If you can even consider it a magical girl show, some do, some don't. Uh, It is an interesting look at same-sex romance and all different kinds of caste system, classism, uh, battles, and just really, really nice, unique-looking visuals. In fact, now that I think about it, after a couple episodes I watched and looking at the sketchy art style of this anime in question, you might like it from the perspective of someone who enjoyed Madoka Magica, which I didn't, but I have made it clear that I can see why people like it. This anime I'm talking about is Flip Flappers, and, well, how else do I put this? David, you know I like me some trippy, colorful anime that just takes me on a visual journey. Which is why, again and again, you're dislike of Utena continues to confound me, but go ahead. I'm not Utena, oh, love- but Madoka. I meant Madoka, which is why no, I the- say you not liking Madoka sometimes really confounds me. The visuals that don't have to do with the characters, like the witches, oh. the backgrounds of, of Madoka, totally serviceable to me. I just do not think the characters look well drawn, and I do not care about them i think the concept is a good idea but it's just badly executed in my opinion i can see where you're coming from uh but because i don't think you should be able to be like i don't think you should be able to be like 
oh, you're fighting witches. I wish there were no witches. Damn it, that were Like, that's not how anything should work in any story. Like, there should be something blocking that. But I digress. We're talking about flip-flappers. Similar kind of story, I, I would say. And there is that kind of sketchy art quality to it. But the characters are better constructed. Like, they don't look like moe blobs to me. So that's a sign that it's, uh, you know, there's a little bit of an upgrade to that. And uh, Flip Flappers is hard to uh, make a synopsis for, but I guess I'll just put it this way. You have Kokona, who is, at first glance, your typical bobbed hair, stoic eyes, dutiful schoolgirl. You know, she's she's doing her thing. She doesn't want anybody to bother her. She has a friend that she deadpans to and then goes off and continues the next day on the rest of her life, which she will continue to completion and perfect media until she dies. However, comma, this isn't how things are fated to go for her because she runs into the mysterious girl, as most do, through a literal run in. This girl is named Puppico, and she is so dearly enamored with this new friend of hers, whom she mysteriously already knows the name of, uh, and takes her into this realm that is called Pure Illusion. And adventure ensue. Everything in Pure Illusion is exactly as it would sound from the name. It is just nonstop. What is going on in front of me right here? But, David... This is where things get really interesting, and this is where I'm going to start saying some words I think are going to start really grabbing your attention. Every scene in this, every environment, every interaction has not just a plethora of art references for someone like me, like references to optical illusions, like the old hag young woman optical illusion in episode one, or the Ruben Vaz, things like that, but also... It is visual shorthand to convey the budding relationship between these two characters. And yes, I do mean in the romantic sense, which is never brought into any kind of sexual context. It is played as innocently as possible. And David, I can't believe this show exists and that it gets into this kind of thing and gets deep. It is really, really fun. Put simply, it's really fun flip flappers it's on crunchyroll it is not dubbed sadly but it is a very very fun ride and i'm having me a jolly time so i say this david i'm gonna take a look at be the beginning if you would so kindly at least take a look at episode one of flip flappers oh episode Does it sound one? like that's something no, of interest to you that's no trouble at all that is no trouble at all that, that the is visuals really kick up say, a couple more episodes in but yeah. As they say, that ain't no thing but a chicken wing, man. <laughs> Check out Flip Flappers. Yeah, a couple Listen. episodes, you kind of get a sense of uh, how they're going. And like I said, it's just really, it's eye candy. It is really nice visual metaphor upon metaphor upon really nicely unsexualized school children. For once, David, happened. We don't have upskirts. I'm really happy. Thank the Lord. Their their first interaction, this is going to sound creepy, but it's played off in just the most innocent, like, oh, mysteri- mysterious meet cute of just, 
Hey, what are you about? <gasps> Kakona! Let me sniff you. <laughs> I promise it sounds it's, it's, it sounds way creepier than it turns out in the anime. It's a nice little meat cute, and there's just all kinds of layers to keep unraveling here. I'm going to keep at it and really just try and dig into it like I'm digging into the psyches of the Simpsons. That's a thing I do on Twitter. That's at Jack T. Tyler T. Yes, APOS listeners, for those of you out there that may not know, uh, Jack is a bit behind on the simpsons 30 years (laughs) which is to say that he never watched so he's catching up on the simpsons now i'm on follow jack on twitter (laughs) only jack d tyler d 23 more to go (laughs) Uh, honestly around season 12 or 13 that that's kind of when it happens I'm, I'm going to keep going you know. until I absolutely feel like it is a waste of my time. And then I'm okay. going to look at some some relevant season 20 uh, uh, episodes, such as ones that have, were mentioned to me, the Burns Cage, uh, Flaming Mo, and uh, there was another one. Oh, uh, what was it called? It was like uh, something like uh, Satan and Car- No, it's called Lisa Goes Gaga, but someone wanted ah, me to watch that yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Just to get yeah, the yeah. gist of how bad it's gotten with you know, we had Michael Jackson in season three, Dustin Hoffman. Nah, Lady it's, Gaga. It's, yeah. Celebrity appearances on The Simpsons are not what they once were. They are not. Yeah. But anyway, um, I'll, I'll be happy to delve into the the the, the visual uh intricacies of this show such as how the characters take on each other's color scheme when they do their magical girl transformation so you know there's all you know all one possible romantic context for that and various other little nuts and bolts of that because y'all know i like to talk art and uh i'll just kind of juxtapose that alongside talking about some yellow people so that being said you got some anime and some anime troubles, David. So, please explain. Not so much an anime trouble, but uh, it was it was a bit of introspection on my part because uh, here, uh, old DJ he has a an anime club that he goes to that uh, takes place in a in a coffee shop here in in the city of Wayne, Michigan. Uh, it, it was in a comic book slash game store, but they closed down and then it moved over to the coffee shop and, and restaurant across the street. So it's and, not the combination comic shop, coffee shop from Kick-Ass is what oh you're saying. No, no it's no. not that in the least because those don't no. exist. Silly people. <laughs> Maybe anyway. they do in Canada. I don't know. <laughs> The various members of the club uh, pick out anime sort of in a rotational schedule, uh, along with the the guy that runs the club, Carrie. And while I was away for a little while, when my car was busted and everything that that went down, when it when I went back last Friday, because I knew my turn was coming up, I asked Carrie, hey, when is my turn coming up? And he told me, well, it's a good thing you got your car fixed because you're up next. And the anime that we just finished, Last, last Exile, 
and another show, uh, My Romance. It's it's actually a pretty decent show. It's I think it's called My Romance or, or something or My My, my, my Love Story. My Love Story. That's what it is. Oh, my with the, with the guy that looks like he's usually going to be the background character, but he's the protagonist. I love that yes. show. It's yes. it's very much like appearances are deceiving, but I could see a pattern developing here. Yes, uh, th- this anime club, and and while I enjoy it, uh, I have noticed a pattern. And the pattern is, is that a lot of the picks, whether they're from Carrie himself or from other members of the club, they usually fall along the lines of sort of the slice-of-life romance kind of stories. Or they're more along the lines of the slice-of-life kitschy comedy people in normal Japanese situations, but everybody thinks it's hilarious kind of anime. Very kind of Japanese slice of life humor. And when it comes time for me to pick a show, in the past I picked shows that are decidedly off the wall. Uh, Most recently, Humanity Has Declined. Oh, oh, yeah, that's uh, (laughs) right alongside Love Story there. I've already let them know that in the future, when it's my turn again, yes, I will be bringing Pop Team Epic. And I might also go deep and go ultra weird and bring in a classic called Super Milk Chan. So... So when I'm not doing bringing in anime that is completely off the wall and bizarre, I'm usually bringing in something that is, as everyone knows, usually consistent with my personal taste of kind of heady, grim dark, you jackasses, grim dark sci-fi kind of shows, and I was thinking about this over the weekend on Twitter, and I. I always kind of think that so many of these shows that I like, where does it come from? Is it is it nostalgia? I don't know what it is. But then I realize I was looking at all of the shows that I like, even going all the way back to the show that really kind of kicked it off for me, Techaman Blade, which was called Techno Man on, on UPN back in the day. All of these shows kind of have the same sort of feel to them in that they're these harrowing sci-fi dramas, but they're also usually generally well-received across the board. So I'm wondering that maybe my sci-fi fetish isn't as bad. I've been doing a little bit of hyper-introspection about this, because with everything that I've always done with every podcast that I've done that has to do with anime, I always try and find ways to break out of my comfort zone to various levels of success and failure of panty and stocking. But (laughs) I try to always branch out a little bit to find things that I may or may not like. But now it's my turn at the anime club. And I put up a Twitter poll of three shows that I have in my collection. And Jack, if you're familiar with these three, I would love your take as well. Because here oh, I did three- vote. Y- you did vote. Okay. So I did vote. I'll let you for know the what folks I voted. At home, 
for the folks at home, the, the three shows that I'm considering bringing in are Fafner in the Azure, the mech series that people say is a carbon ripoff of Gundam Seed, which it kind of isn't, though. Gankutsuo, the Count of Monte Cristo. And lastly, Blasreiter, a, a show that I think kind of got lost to history, but in my opinion is pretty good, despite some less than good CG animation. I think the show overall is really good, despite the CGI. Those are the three that I'm deciding. Of those three, Fafner is the one that I actually have not watched in completion. Gankutsuo, I have watched... And Blast Writer, I have watched, and the Anime Club, or at least Carrie, has told me that none of those shows have been played at the Anime Club, which is even better, because I, yeah, I like that usually I am someone that brings in something that is really removed from the norm, and I, I pride myself on that. I, I've always kind of prided myself on being well off the beaten path. It's... It's a curse and a blessing in a lot of ways. So, Jack, I, I tried that myself as well. Fafner? See if you could guess what I picked. Gankutsuo and Blasreiter. What, what do you think I picked? I, I think knowing you as well as I hope I do, I think it's pretty much a no-brainer that you picked Gankutsuo, the Count of Monte Cristo. You do know me as well as you think. Let's go on to the newlywed game, even if that'll be weird. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, man, let's do an APOS version of the newlywed game. Get some couples cosplayers up and, uh, oh, you know, Jack, get them to figure out their anime days. You, you just you just planted something in my head because I don't know. Maybe it's because of the oncoming of spring. And I'm I'm getting new ideas, and I've got a new podcast coming. Everybody, mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. But oh, yeah. you just planted another idea in my head. I think we should do exactly that. I think that's exactly. What I think we so do. too. That'd be really fun. Because because couples should, with anime are interesting. We should do a thing where like you and I do like a newlywed game kind of thing with other podcast hosts. Like the, the other anime podcasts. Oh, I Maybe love that's it. what we should do. That that's oh, the thing man. we should do. Oh, I love it. Oh, we should try. We should do that. We could do it like we could either do it on a like a big big podcast benza, or we could even do it like a kind of like a, a via text thing kind of deal. Like that'd be a lot. There's all different kinds of possibilities for that, but I would love to do that. That'd be really fun. Yeah. See see spring spring is coming. I'm I'm getting out of the Michigan winter insanity and my mind is working again. Like over the weekend I was a complete mess. Like I was almost catatonic over the weekend on Saturday. But now that I'm coming out of it and it's almost starting to get warmer again, my brain is working. So boom, two new podcast ideas. Shit. DJM is back, yep. people. Let's go. It is, uh, but, it is a supernova of creativity. So let us know if that's something you might be interested in, listeners, especially yes. if you have a podcast. But not necessary. If you have someone who you think might want to talk about whether or not they think they knows you, we'll see. Uh, that'd be fun. It'd be really fun. I want to do this. I'm down for it. But yeah, Jack, Anyway, the point being, Gan- Gankutsuo. You picked Gankutsuo, the Count of Monte Cristo. I did and, both. Uh, again... 
for me to you that that was kind of a no-brainer i have my reasons i'd love to hear yours well first thing right out the gate it is fucking uniquely gorgeous it is one of the few shows at least in anime that uses static textures and some might find it a bit jarring at first because they do not spare a single surface to use static textures on but if you've watched chowder like both david and myself have it's not gonna bother you it looks fantastic but even in this uh in spite of even if it just looks good it's also a really excellent adaptation of the classic story count of monte cristo in very many ways they alter what needs to be altered and they keep the things that need to be there to have the integrity of the story and meanwhile they're overlaying it over this crazy excellent cyberpunk no steampunk i'd say it's more steampunk uh futuristic intergalactic setting and it's just a joy to watch so i come at it from knowing the original story knowing what worked about it and seeing what only anime can do with that kind of thing because this is very strictly only something you could see in anime if you wanted to watch the the old fat the old-fashioned uh Count of Monte Cristo, which you can on Netflix or, you know, the two seconds it's on screen in V for Vendetta, you can do that. But this is something that is exclusively an experience that you can't get from watching other shows with static textures or other kinds of steampunk anime and certainly not watching the original Count of Monte Cristo or reading the original story. It's a whole it's a whole situation, a whole unique experience in and of itself. And it is something that you absolutely, uh, I think, an anime club would very much want to devour and and really get into. I think it's a really good choice for that, for a public viewing kind of thing. And on top of all of those things, I believe Gankutsuo is a prime example of anime dubbing for its time. And for all of the talk of people and their fandoms towards voice actors and their appreciation of voice actors, I believe that this is a performance by the lead uh, of The Count by Jameson Price, the voice actor that plays uh, Edmund Dantes, The Count. (laughs) This is a performance that is, in my opinion... As good as any anime dub voice actor you will ever hear or ever know. Uh, In my opinion, Jameson Price has a very unique, strong, masculine, deep voice that is instantly recognizable when you hear him in an anime. Uh, The only guy that has a voice that's like him is probably Richard Epcar, who plays the very deep male voice in everything else, if it's not Jameson Price. Joseph Joe Star, and also they actually shared a an anime together. And I think if if you don't already know this, I'm going to blow your mind a little bit, David. Uh, Richard Epcar, of course, being the titular character in Bo 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 Bo, and Jameson Price being his young foil Don Patch. Of oh all yes, things. I got Richard Epcar to sign a Bo 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 DVD. I most certainly did. He is. He's absolutely his, fantastic. Jameson Price his, does a great job as Don Patch, which is a complete 180 from the couch. <laughs> and 
the f- the I will never forget the reaction that Richard Epcar had when I offered him my Bobobo DVD to sign. Because, of course, he's Bato from Ghost in the Shell. He's Raiden in Mortal Kombat and the most recent Mortal Kombat games. And I love all of those. Don't get me wrong. And he's one of the most beloved. He's one of the most beloved Joe's uh, Jodo's Bizarre Adventure character protagonists as well. So he, you know, he probably gets that more than anything in recent times. I'd think. But again, me being the guy that that takes his anime on the road not traveled, I had a DVD for Bobo Bo, and he was equally embarrassed but appreciative. Because I let him know that I love all of his other work, too. But I wanted the Bobo Bo DVD to especially be signed. He he is so gracious on social media as well for people who bring up Bobo Bo. I remember lauding about it a couple years back because I'll never not love Bobo Bo. It was one of my Toonami loves, you know? That was Amen. the time. I, I I stayed up until 11.30 and watched the, the block of Bobo Bo. And uh, he... He is so gracious about it. It sounds like he's just the same in person about about anime that doesn't quite. Uh, I I hear mixed things about Bobo Bo about it. Like d- d- people seem to hate it, which is really upsetting. But you know, they're wrong. It's okay to be wrong. They're very wrong. <laughs> it is okay for you to, you know, take Fist of the North Star way too seriously. It's fine. But Richard Epcar is great. And Jameson so Price, is Jameson Price as the Count. You are absolutely correct. He is such a compelling character in this, which the Count is actually in the original story only shows up for maybe the last third of the story, even. And then you get to know about him. This is a much different way to present the Count. He's there as a kind of almost a jay gatsby kind of presence from the beginning and a sense of wonder kind of enshrouds him and he's blue with this long luxurious kind of uh you know Anne rice vampire hair like he's just got the whole anime nine yards looking like the unique motherfucker that you want to talk to at the party and they use that to hold up the original intrigue of the character so well but then Jameson comes in and says, mm-hmm, hold my beer because I'm going to make this character mine. It's really good. It's really and good. And it is a brilliant performance. Compelling, tragic, excellent all through. And a great cast just in general, just great character designs, really unique roles that they all play. You know, they've really expanded it from the source material. It's really great. Really great. So whether I pick this for the Anime Club or not, both Jack and I, if you have not already watched Gunkutsu of the Count of Monte Cristo, please, please watch it. It's it's fantastic. It is available for official release in many, many formats. I happen to have bought the entire, including French. entire series. Including French. High definition. Yes. I bought the, the entirety of it in high definition on iTunes and then burned it to some CDs like you're not supposed to so I could have it forever just in case the inevitable data whatever happens and they go, yeah, but we told you in the terms of service agreement that you can't have it if we decide that you can't. So I wanted to make sure they couldn't take away Gonkutsu Kali Monte Cristo from me. So still mine. I'll be mine forever. Count of Monte Cristo, Gonkutsuo, that's, oh, good 
good lord, I would love to spell it. Just give me Gung Koot. Okay, just, I was just, right. Just it's- do... Just do the Count of Monte Cristo. You'll find it. That's fine. You will. Count of Monte Cristo anime. You know what? Uh, this is a small little anecdote, David, and we can move on. But um, I'm actually about to take a half semester uh, intermediate uh, art course. It's one of the last uh, requirements that I have for uh, for my work and getting at my one of my AA degrees for art. And uh, the professor for it is a little bit of a, uh, how do I put this? He hates cartoon and anime designs and especially hates just anime as a medium. Mm. He's had, he's shown animation in class, such as the rotoscoped and often motion sick inducing waking life, which is still a good watch. It's on Netflix. Waking but it's just life. Not, wow. wow. It's not the best use of an animation unit. Waking life. And, uh, I tried Jack, to did, bring in Jack, stuff. Let me ask you. Like, did, uh, did you ever? Yeah. Did you ever watch the episode of C Lab Twenty Twenty One where they did their own kind of parody of Waking Life? I did not. They did that. Oh man, yes, what they, they do? Look they for do. the episode called Waking Quinn. It revolves around a Quinn from C Lab, and it is just the most. It's bizarre and surreal, even on C Lab Twenty Twenty. 21 levels it it takes everything c lab did and then goes even further beyond as they say and i would say that it is probably the best short animation that adult swim has ever produced it was brilliant (laughs) oh man i got it here it is on youtube that is a good sign please don't take it off of youtube youtube i know i you you got problems too, YouTube. Holy shit! I'll bring that oh, up another man. podcast. But holy fuck! Oh my god! But yeah, I got C Lab twenty twenty one Waking Quinn. Yeah, he showed Waking Life, and on a big screen, it is not a fun watch. I see the merits of it, but at the same time, I was just not. So I bring in, I brought in. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, David. The music video for uh, the popular Bullet Hell series Toho, uh, set to the song "Bad Apple." Uh, oh, which features who hasn't a lot of this, seen that? Yeah, the the CG. Well, I don't know. We've never talked about Toho before, so I wasn't sure. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, maybe we had in passing, but yeah, uh, you know, it's got that. It's the one that has the black and white CG silhouettes. If people aren't familiar with uh, uh, really, really good use of silhouette for CG models and the characters, of course, of Toho have very unique silhouettes with all their wings and various headgears and all that kinds of stuff. And they do really good use of transitions throughout that whole music video. So I showed him that and I showed him the first episode of Count of Monte Cristo and for a kind of off day of like whatever you want draw this that all that kind of thing at the end of the animation unit he actually allowed us to watch the dubbed version of episode one of Gonkutsuo and uh the aforementioned Toho Bad Apple music video and as he watches this beauty unfold in front of him professor Mark Pandone says ah but anime is just a bunch of girls with their tits hanging out like no it's not you are seeing the exact opposite of it. In fact, the subservient servant character, who is very feminine and very pretty, and they don't shy away from that, I don't think she's ever sexualized in the narrative, let alone no. in her design. She is fully clothed the whole time. God damn it, how wrong do you get to be? 
How wrong do you get to be, Professor Pandone? How wrong? But you know, he's accepted that I'm just going to write, you crack me up, little buddy, 2,400 times in my journal until he admits that I'm doing good work despite him not aesthetically enjoying it. So I think we've reached an impasse. At the very least, a begrudging understanding. Terms have been like, met. Terms like have been Principal met. Skinner and Bart Simpson just kind of let They have an understanding. Go. They don't like each other by any means, but they get each other. And that being said, David, I think whatever you pick, I trust you because like you, I do look for the obscure stuff. That's what I found Flip Flappers, which was recent. I didn't mention that people aren't talking about it. And it's really good. And I feel like that's just a, an echo that we tend to have, David, is this is a really good anime. Why aren't people talking about it? That's kind of the so secret we'll of this show is that we both end up liking things that people <laughs> that a lot of people aren't watching. And we have to we have to get the word out somehow. And hopefully, hopefully things ripple out from there. But Jack... There are yes. some other anime that you've been watching from the past that really don't need a whole lot of help, but you've been diving back in. T- tell tell yeah. me about it. Um, well, the first thing, I have another one. We'll talk about it another time because it's similar to Flip Flappers, more trippy stuff, more comedy good times. But uh, the two that I have been watching, well, one's a new watch for me, much like The Simpsons, and one is an old favorite of mine that I wanted to dive right to it was made ultimately easier and so i'll start with that one code geass david this is the mech anime this is my mech anime i love it i love star driver too i need to go and, and finish that but there's so much media so little time and i just had a hankering to listen to me some classic johnny young bosch in what i think might be one of his best roles excellent side cast of characters i don't care what anybody says i think the art style is just just fine. Just fine. I can actually tell who's in what mech in scenes, which is something I don't get with a lot of mech anime, which is fair. I'm not really versed in them. But David, how do you feel about Code Geass? Because I really like Code Geass and I really Code wanted Geass to take a look is at it. awesome. Code Geass Love is it. hell yeah, Code Geass. Hell yeah. I think there's a lot of things that just personally appeal to me on this of, you know, the kind of classic European uh, warfare chess motif. The fact that the characters are all wildly insane looking because that's what Clamp does best. And screw all y'all that didn't like it because of whatever reason. Maybe you just don't know how to have fun. But, you know. Why do you think I gave you Star Driver, Jackson? Because it's a beautiful anime, and the and the mechs are beautiful, and I want a toy of Lancelot super badly, but not nearly as much. So I want a toy of the other series, which is uh, David. I'm a cosplayer. We what? I am a cosplayaholic. I have uh, really been uh, rubbing elbows with a really talented uh, seamster who can do the best stuff ever. I'm going to really look forward to breaking out the Roger Rabbit cosplay that we've got planned in the, for the 30th anniversary this year. But uh, there's Tell another Jessica plan. Jessica, I said hi. Oh, yeah. There's, gonna, there's so many Jessica Rabbit cosplayers, you have no idea. I'm just going to wrangle them up and go, hey, can all 20 of you take a picture with me? <laughs> 
it's gonna happen because there's and always which, multiple festivals. which convention was this which convention uh this is basically a lot of the norcal conventions so uh yeah get up here david a lot of, a lot of, lot of all shapes and sizes and colors too. We got some, we got some thick Jessicas, and they're really sweet people. One of my favorites, Rio Storybook Darling, on Instagram is a Storybook Darling cosplay on Instagram. She is a remarkable woman and really, really vocal about body positivity. But we're not talking about Roger Rabbit today. We're talking about the. Uh, the overly sexualized cling film sparkly booty shorts star scream I'm going to do along with cosplay partner Axel Babcock doing his best glam rock Megatron that he can. We're going to make that happen. And because I don't do anything halfway, I started looking up classic Transformers. I'm talking G1, David. Transformers Generation One, Jackson. Wow! I'm gonna also go- watch animated because I do like me some Tom Kenny in the subservient uh, position to the most offensive evil on the planet. Shout out to Commander Peepers from Wander Over Yonner. But and right now we're doing G1. Last but, and Jack, of course, I would be remiss yeah. if I did not mention the legendary role that put the man on the planet that we now know as the legendary Peter Cullen as Optimus yes. Prime. Oh, yes. Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime. And Megatron, Frank Welker, needs no introduction. But if you're not aware, Scooby-Doo, the Slimer, Fred Jones, uh, oh, God, all the lions in the Lion King. Well, all Every of, just, creature just, he's you've done, ever heard. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that he, uh, I mean, um, oh, good uh i'm pretty sure he must be santa's little helper and maybe even itchy and scratchy on the simpsons i'm, I'm it's willing almost to impo- it's almost impossible to put out all of his 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 roles he, in his bio he it's does impossible. every animal ever and i dearly love him and he is getting a little bit gray in the face and i'm i'm just oh i can't i cannot deal with the feelings i will have when the unfortunate passing comes i i I love him dearly. Fantastic, excellent, amazing, no inside voice motherfucker. But yeah, Transformers. Uh, David, uh, no one ever told me how good Transformers was. And I wanted to be a robot since I was six years old and say all the See, cool things. Like ev- could- Everyone has forgotten how good Transformers used to be because of how shitty it has become. Yeah, bad. Looking at you. Ah, look at look yeah. at somebody the way Bay looks at his shit pile. He's destroyed. Yes, this, this is this is what so many of us '90s kids and so many of us in our 30s and what the best internet content creator on the planet, Lindsay Ellis, has such a longing love for when it comes to the Transformers. It was the animated series. It was Beast Wars. It was Robots in Disguise. It was Autobots. It was the Decepticons. It was Optimus Prime and Megatron. It was 
Cybertron. It was all of these things that had this amazing mythos. It was the movies that somehow they managed to finagle Orson Welles to get into. It was <laughs> it was Stan Bush with the song You've Got the Touch. It was so many of these things that made the Transformers such a brand through the 80s and 90s and lasted all the way up until Michael Bay did what he did. But yes, Jack, Transformers, and, and especially Generation 1, especially Generation mm-hmm. 1, and, especially and Generation 1, because the supporting characters in the Autobots and the, the Decepticons, uh, one thing Michael Bay did do is that he gave a lot of those characters uniqueness to them, although they were all terrible. Uniquely ca- terrible. But in the case of the animated series... All of the supporting Autobots and Decepticons, they were all unique and special. It wasn't just Optimus Prime and Megatron. It was the Autobots and the Decepticons, and it was an ensemble cast, and it was outstanding. Yes. They have this unique machismo to each of them, which as someone who, you know, deeply thinks about uh, how masculinity is in the world obvious reasons you know this is a really fun watch and it's interesting uh i mean i I had a nice good conversation with our friend b-dubs prowl uh um christopher ferris on uh twitter uh b-dubs prowl about this uh this whole situation and my reaction to everything because he was the one who staunchly said yes you absolutely need to cosplay this and you know basically all of the horrible glam rock bdsm things are gonna do almost close to canon where you can just kind of go like yep to the point where he's agreed to uh cosplay a sound wave for us bring a boom box with him and play kiss from a rose and careless whisper to his little heart's content a silly silly lad thank goodness for chris ferris but back to the show uh now back interesting to the show. song choices <laughs> just just because uh we we like to take the gay uh axel as as a cosplay partner of mine we like to we like to really just amp up the the homoerotica of these ridiculous tin cans but okay, j- the, okay. the show in and of itself that i'm not going to consistently corrupt like i already did on a twitter thread that's at jack d tyler d look that up because that's that's maybe the one instance of being horny on Maine that I'll ever do. <laughs> um, That's another thing about the anime podcast of some sort, folks. <laughs> Jack and I were never horny on Maine. The one time I'm doing it semi-jokingly, but I'm not, I'm not kidding when I say like I see things. But in generally speaking, it's a really interesting thing to see how it really this this series is really similar not necessarily to its uh, con- its counterpart back in the day uh, for girls, My Little Pony, but the current My Little Pony, which is kind of telling me that the G1 Transformers show was really ahead of its time. And part of the reason I noticed that is because uh, both of these series use uh, kind of vernacular that is useful for their characters to do because they wouldn't have turned a phrase like oh my heart skipped a beat you know the transformers would probably say something like oh my processor just shorted out or something like that they tend to say you know you you wouldn't be online if it weren't for me as opposed to you'd be dead because it makes more sense for a robot to say online rather than you get the idea 
And, and, you know, the current run of My Little Pony, because I am occasionally subjected to this from friends whom I love dearly and sit through things like, like you do, uh, you know, they've got the same kind of thing going with the current run of the show with, you know, things like, oh, my hoof on my heart or whatever the heck. So, you know, I guess there's that correlation. But in the meantime, it's just it's it's silly. It's 80s. It's dizzying. It's action packed, delirious. The animation is hand drawn. These very geometric, complicated character designs, which are the, the, they were made the, the the show was made to sell the toys like that is correct right the chronology is there oh like the show god come yes first. the toys came first i thought so oh, yeah and they are very correct in in terms of how they look i've got a friend who collects figures and all that kind of stuff figmas transformers he's got some and uh it's been a long time coming so i hope he's listening too because he always tells me whenever i vaguely screw that I have failed him yet again, Starscream. So, uh, you know, hopefully you look forward to Glamrock, Starscream, and Wedge Heels that I'm going to meticulously paint to look like jet turbines. That'll be fun. <laughs> That'll be really like fun. When, when we go offline, uh, there's something I really want to ask you because there is something about Transformers Gen 1 that I've noticed a pattern on that I want to ask when we go offline so let's wrap up the last two things that we've got pretty quickly uh, Michael B. Jordan and Kim Kardashian came out saying that they're big anime fans and there was a piece Everyone on Kotaku that pretty much said hey it's time to act, stop acting like nobody watches anime and it's this weird niche insular thing and yeah, that's pretty much it. It's pretty much it's it. It's like when people go, oh, yeah, I'm a little bit of a Disney nerd. And people are like, what? Are you kidding me? What a dork. Like, come on, guys. It's just it's just cartoons from Japan. It, yeah. Mark Pandone, it is not just little girls with their tits hanging out as you watch Gonkutsuo, the Count of Monte Cristo, before your eyes. I will never, ever forget that. Ever. You and, are and- shamed. And even even if there are, as we've all learned in the year 2018, everyone loves anime titties. It's 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 just a fact. Everyone loves them. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Clearly, <laughs> the last bit of our conversation yeah. there. It's very clear. We love anime titties. We we certainly do. Uh, but yeah, two big big celebrities saying yeah we like anime and i remember watching michael b jordan do a 73 questions interview with uh vanity fair and when they asked him where was one place in the world he'd like to go he said tokyo in an instant because he likes the animes and when he's back in the day was on his twitter he would talk about the shows that he was reading online in not so legal ways so yeah killmonger is one of us if that vegeta influenced uniform in black panther didn't clue you in killmonger (laughs) michael b jordan is one of us people and love him that's okay that is all right it's okay to like anime unless you know the only type of anime you like is where the titties are prevalent then yeah, if might, if you're then watching you might want it, to dial it back. 
if you're watching it like uh, most kids in the 80s were watching Transformers G1 for the toys, you're watching the anime that's coming out now for the pillows and the figmas, we need to talk. Come on, my DMs are open. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get you through this. We'll get you on some good stuff. We'll get you on some obscure shit, okay? It'll be right, okay. Right, right. I got soul out, but I got Sayonara's Edsible Sensei. We'll figure it uh, out. Last story, Jack. Uh, th- yes. This one was something that I really liked that came from you. It was the idea that coming out of the fact that the creator of Aroni Kenshin, um, when he was arrested for possession of child pornography, <clears throat> we talked about on the podcast, uh, he was arrested and he was charged. And the punishment he ended up facing was a fine. He did mm-hmm. not serve any jail time. He was only fined for, for the crime of child pornography. And the question came up of when do you stop consuming media? Uh, how, uh, I guess we're going to use everybody's favorite word here. I'm going to use everybody's favorite word. How problematic does something have to become media-wise before you realize you have to back out? Uh, Jack, uh, what do you think on this? Uh, I do have plenty of uh, examples, and one that I'll give to you after the jump, David, but uh, such as, uh, well, one of my favorite animes of all time, Helsing. Uh, You know, the previous work to Helsing uh, that the creator of the manga did was a hentai inspired by Nazi imagery. So, you know, that's a whole thing. And then there was a big uproar recently, uh, which we we talk on, you know, the Anna Twitter like to buzz a little bit about. And a lot of people went, not that big of deal, which was a previous product of the manga cuff for The Land of the Lustrous, the author of which made an incest story. And, you know, I, I, I've got my own personal story and this doesn't have to do with anime, but it has to do with something that we have definitely spoken about before, David. But uh I really like the director Edgar Wright I love him a lot he's awesome don't worry guys he didn't do anything it's not him I'll get to that um I actually have tinnitus uh through you know various all kinds of things don't doesn't matter my backstory is not important just I have tinnitus I listen to music a lot to keep the hum and the drum out as uh the the film I'm about to mention likes to put it and uh you know, I, I tend to hear it in my head even when I take the headphones off, that kind of deal. Like, I'm just all, always hearing stuff. Maybe I'm crazy. We're all crazy. Who cares? The world is chaos. Be kind. The film Baby Driver, which was his recent smash hit and perhaps his most mainstream theatrical success, features the main character who has tinnitus due to uh, a a trauma and almost entirely is accompanied by a background soundtrack of really great songs throughout the entirety of it. It is really wonderful, flowing, fun film that also just so happens to feature the supporting star, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Mm. I love this movie. I cannot buy it or rent it, or support it on any kind of legal site. I'm sorry, folks. I That is my own choice to do. I cannot do it. I 
denounce Kevin Spacey to the end of my days. I do not laud his performance in it anymore because of what he did is also just personally offensive to me. It's not just that it is a fucking crime and a horrible, awful thing to do to somebody. It also just is an affront to the gay community, which I personally fucking hate that he happened to think that was the right way to come out as gay. And I'm still going to watch baby driver because that's one person out of an entire cast and crew that made an incredible movie that happens to have a personal importance to me. I'm not going to make anybody who is completely and utterly turned off by the acts of Kevin Spacey. Watch it. I just do what I can to make sure I'm not supporting that in and of itself. And I can tell that people, there are going to be some people who go, no, just don't watch it anymore ever. And to say again, it is one person, even if he is on screen, that is tarnishing an otherwise really, really excellent movie. And it really fucking sucks. And I can't, I can't stop. I'm just not going to give any money to it anymore, which also, again, really, really sucks. But it's okay. I did accidentally buy the Cornetto trilogy by Edgar Wright twice on iTunes before. So maybe that's my penance maybe that's why I was able to do it so the reason I bring that particular one up is to some I might have reached the line where it's okay to others they might think no you gotta just never watch it again and I think the latter example is a good thing in practice or not, not in theory but at the same time if you do that for everything where somebody has had some stake in something in that degree, of course, again, a case-by-case basis and how much they have to do with it, such as Mr. Vasquez, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, Invader Zim, being kind of a dick. Kind to put of. It mildly, to put it very, of. very mildly. You can't, you know, he created those things. He created those works. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to make the call of no. Rurouni and he Kenshin, has, he has no one to blame but himself for what he created. Absolutely fucking doesn't. You know, you, you, the creative Kenshin and Mr. Vasquez, you know, you, you take these cases of where they're responsible for the majority of the work and you have to go, nope, can't support that anymore. And, you know, I just wonder if maybe I don't think there's a clear line on this, David. I don't think there is. I also think it also has to do with people's individual experiences with things because, uh, well, for the reason I'll tell you later, uh, you know, all different kinds of uh, dialogues come up with this most frequently on Tumblr, which I am happily distanced from and just dump things from other social media onto and never listen to a word that's there again because Tumblr and the Internet in general seem to forget, David, that nothing is ideologically pure when it comes to media because stories that come from human beings will have prejudices ingrained in them. And people, unfortunately, when they are in the eyes of the public and they are with fame and all the kinds of corrupting situations that happen there, they're going to do really shitty things and we can't excuse them. And I'm so happy for the Me Too movement of last year and I hope it continues on until the end of time, until we can fucking end this societal situation of blaming the victims and everything therein. Heavy stuff, I know. But I don't think... 
you can ban yourself or shame other people for enjoying media when it becomes a small fraction. So again, using everyone's favorite word, David, what do you think? Uh, when does a work become problematic enough to where you need to go, okay, I can't support that anymore? That kind of thing. Jack, two words. Quentin Tarantino. Mm. I've been struggling with this a lot recently because while Quentin Tarantino's very more than subtle issues with race, which obviously I I pay attention to, uh, with women, which has become more and more prevalent in this day and age, uh, thanks to the Me Too movement, are now more out in the open. I'm really struggling with the work of Quentin Tarantino now, especially with one of my favorite films, Pulp Fiction, because there was always that little thing in the back of my mind where I would always just kind of put it very bluntly. Quentin Tarantino likes to put a certain particular word in his movies a lot. Mm. And on more than one occasion, he says that particular word. And that never got past me. Like, I always noticed that, yeah, that word happens quite a bit in his movies. However, in the case of Django Unchained, it was really a subversion of all of the things that particular word and what it meant and how it came from. It was a subversion of all of that uh, from Quentin Tarantino himself. But Jingo at the same time, is kind of uh, it kind of has a sister uh, companion in uh, the film Blazing Saddles, I think, and yeah. especially in terms of that terminology. It, it, it's I would say it's an ancestor uh, of Django Unchained, Blazing Saddles. Yes, yes. but good, good call. Uh, and to to the point of women, I absolutely loved the Kill Bill movies. Yes, but. Given what we now know about how Quentin Tarantino feels about women and given what happened with Uma Thurman and everything she's spoken about publicly in the last year, that is really, really difficult. It is it is absolutely not the same. I do not know when or if I will ever be able to support any of Quentin Tarantino's work again because Mm – his issues with race were always on my mind, even when I was younger. I, I've always paid attention to certain creators and how they handle race, especially if they were white. So now it's definitely not the same. And I've really had to rethink my stance on Quentin Tarantino. I really, really have. And he. He made Samuel L. Jackson a star, and he made the Kill Bill movies. But at the same time, he really has no problem slinging the N-word around. And he, He's a terrible person. He, he is. He is. Who made good movies that we, unfortunately, you know, the society... Pulp Fiction was nominated same year as Forrest Gump, right? Yes. 94, pretty sure? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was a movie for... Best Picture nominations. But anyway. 
he's, yeah, it's it's a problem. It's a what problem. do you do? That that's an internal conversation. And and David, I think I think my whole reason for bringing this up is you have a unique experience and a unique identity and a unique everything in terms of how you've absorbed his work and how you absorb all works and the kinds of opinions that you're going to form. And that is the kind of conversation that you need to have with yourself and be very introspective of your own identity and the actions of this person. And, you know, as they always say, uh, uh, consider whether or not you're going to separate the art from the artist or if you cannot psychologically move on from that. And as your friend and to anyone out there who has to have this conversation with themselves, like I with Baby Driver and with many other things, it is only something that is your decision and people can look at that from an outside perspective with their own experiences, their own tragedies, their own prejudices, everything, and they don't necessarily understand. If you're just going to blindly accept it, like I know some people accepted continuing to read Rioni Kenshin, that's kind of a... If you're just mm. the kind of person need that to just talk. says, if you're just one of those kind of people that just doesn't care about those kind of things, well, Jack might say we need to talk, but DJM doesn't really want to talk to you at all. Yeah, yeah. That's because another we way should all practice it. a little bit of introspection. We all should. Yeah. And there there was another point i was going to make oh oh yeah yeah it it happened with cuphead actually david which mm. i think that was deemed by most people not harmful but to people who wrote articles and to you know a, a small group who weren't just outright you know shouting about the headlines that they didn't read the article beneath twitter uh you know people there were people who thought about it you you talked about it you thought that it was it was there in your mind like uh much like it sounded like it was with quentin you know and ultimately no harm was intended by the developers but it's something i had to research that i had to think about that i had to i I had to really dig into my own knowledge of cartoon history and learn from other people and look up things and actually do my fucking homework so I could say, yes, the time period and a lot of the media from then is really fucking racist. And that's why to this day now, I'm gonna, I've actually made a, I, I draw a lot of Cuphead style things still, I do, but I never, ever, ever, you can put this on the fucking record, David, everyone can put this on the record, I've never designed a character in that kind of style, particularly for my novel, which features kind of, you know, classic 1930s cartoons, characters, none of them feature that kind of mouse, black Caricature. body, black mask thing, because that is that is inherent in the blackface and minstreling and i looked that up and i made sure i made damn sure that people aren't gonna think i'm doing it on purpose and i didn't want to make the mistake i didn't want to slip up and i think creators need to think about that they really do and you know there there are examples in my own work that i realized i don't know if there's time for the, the just the you know the short 
I'm just going to wrap this up quickly. Uh, a house Jack. in the Netherlands. Yeah, go ahead. I, I go am ahead. going to wrap this up pretty quickly by putting this on on one succinct point. The auteur theory is complete bullshit. And mm-hmm. every creator needs to be checked. That's how I feel. Death to the auteur. <laughs> and that's all I've I got, wish Jack. I made that up. That is what we made. We ended up on a little bit of a heavy note, but guys, but that's what we there's can a lot do of really good stuff out there. Podcast. Why aren't people talking? That, that is what we do talk here on the anime podcast. I'm sorry. We can talk about anime titties. We can talk about issues of artists and creation, and we hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the old APOS, A to the P to the O double S. You can find it wherever podcasts can be aggregated. It can be downloaded and listened to in your podcatcher of choice via iTunes, via Stitcher, via Google, via... I think it's up on Spotify now. I think you can look for anime podcasts of some sort on Spotify. It is occasionally on SoundCloud, but something new will be coming on SoundCloud very, very soon. So stay tuned. Ask Alexa. Be nice. You can ask Alexa. You can ask Alexa. You can ask Google. You you can ask all of the smart devices for the anime podcast of some sort. And of course, if you're just on the interwebs, you could just look at deltajulietmike.com. Thank you all so much for listening to the anime. Damn it, Jack. God. (laughs) I'm shaking my fist. Thank you all for watching the anime podcast of some sort. The world is chaos. Be kind. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's fine. We're good. Good night, everybody. Bye.